I'm Matthew Dubins. Welcome to Don't Scare Me with Donor Data, my podcast where I talk all things donor data with nonprofit professionals near and far to help get you more familiar with its trials and triumphs. For today's episode, I decided to speak with Claire Kerr, Canadian Director of Care2. Care2 is a progressive social enterprise that helps individuals and nonprofits across the continent reach their awareness and advocacy goals by connecting them to people who passionately care about their cause. Admittedly, this conversation was a bit outside my usual comfort zone of databases, analytics, and data science, but I found it super interesting, and I hope you will too. Hi, Claire. Hi, can you hear me all right? Uh, yes, I can hear you very well, thank you. Great, perfect. <laughs> I've I've been going through the care2services.com uh, site, and uh, as I was going through it, um, one of the things that was going through my mind, idea of um, not targeting people uh, strictly by demographics, but in my mind, um, targeting people with the gold standard for the nonprofit industry, uh, which is to say values. Um, I really think that that is a highly valuable endeavor. And in a way, um, targeting via values actually cuts across a lot of the traditional uh, demographics, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. I think targeting by um, your personal values, the things that you think are important by your behavior towards those values, so the decisions that you make, um, and and your interests as well, the things that you want to know more about or learn more about or, or feel more engaged uh, with are really important ways to uh, build your community. If, if you're an organization that wants to grow, wants to reach the right people. So that's definitely true. And I think, you know, we always joke, especially those of us in online fundraising, um, if you go purely by demographics, then all the research says that you are probably going after a woman in her 40s who lives in a city who has a university education. And like not every single charity is going after that one demographic. But if you look, a lot of the, the research in Canada would say that that's the typical online donor just demographics wise, right? But not everyone is going to feel attracted to these same causes. So um, you also pointed out that you, that uh, values kind of cross demographics. That's definitely true. Somebody can care very much about the green belt and um, want to engage with your organization. Demographically, if they are a little bit older, they might um, tend to give a bigger gift online, or they might be more responsive to a direct mail channel, or they might, although we know that, you know, direct mail goes across generations, but, or they might uh, be more responsive to becoming a monthly donor because they are already a one-time donor of your organization because they've been following you for a long time. And someone who cares very much about the green belt who is younger, they might want to express that in other ways. So they might want to do a um, an experiential peer-to-peer -peer campaign for you, like a DIY campaign, set up a Facebook fundraising page, that sort of thing. Or they might just want to sign some petitions, get on your mailing list and become active for you. So they might want to be an online advocate where they share your material on social media 
And after you've brought them into the top of your funnel and you've engaged with them and they really feel connected to your cause, then later on they become that donor. And then you take them on that donor journey where they end up um, doing more for you uh, as their relationship with you deepens and as their life changes too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I'm curious now uh, in terms of building a profile of um, who someone is and, you know, what their interests are and what they value. Um, how, how do you do that? Like, is there some sort of critical mass of information after which, uh, you know, the system feels confident uh, in its uh, description of someone, or uh, d does the system just sort of uh, pick up whatever information is available and uh, that gets used when the nonprofit uh, wants an audience to target? Oh, well, at, at Care2, maybe I should explain what, what Care2 does first. So the, Care2 is an online community. It has about um, 50 million members worldwide. And in Canada, I think we have about 3 million. And of course, not every person is active on every possible type of cause, right? So you might care about one or two things. You might care about one particular topic. And all of our members can create petitions or online actions to promote progressive causes. So a really good example of that would be one of our members in the UK last year created a petition because it turns out that upskirting is not illegal in England or wasn't illegal in England with basically you can use your phone and take a picture under somebody's skirt. And that wasn't illegal. It was like a loophole. So in April last oh year, Parliament, I know it sounds crazy, it sounds crazy, but there was no way to charge somebody. So one of our members uh, created a a petition and parliament passed a ban on upskirting into law last year so our members get a lot of really good things done uh, worldwide sometimes you see that uh in the news like outcomes are in the news and then on the partner side what we do and what i do is we will work directly with charities and nonprofits if they want to run a campaign or a petition or an online pledge for them to bring in new supporters and new donors to their organization so it's consent-based digital lead generation for charity so you are you're going out and finding folks they're being added to your list they know that they're going to hear more from you and they want to know more from you so in order for us to do that we have an algorithm on our side the same that facebook has an algorithm that other um, programs out there that match you by interest have algorithms and we really do look a lot at not just what folks say that they are interested in but in their um, behavior on the platform so the actions that they take uh, on the platform the things that they are interested in and that they're signing and the algorithm is pretty sophisticated and we do know that you can't just kind of go well somebody um, has an interest in trees or the environment or animals and so thus they would be interested in uh, a campaign to stop big oil uh, it may seem like those are two environmental things but not necessarily just because somebody supported an animal shelter doesn't mean that they would want the government to protect um, a wildlife sanctuary because um, from from um, big oil or from a corporate entity because we we do know that um, for instance folks that are uh, that love uh, cats and dogs and are anti-animal cruelty don't necessarily skew progressive they could skew conservative 
right? You know, you still um, want to support a, a cat shelter, but you um, aren't necessarily a a fan of um, surrounding a, um, a a tanker with uh, flags and boats and things like that, right? So the algorithm can figure that out and figure out that, well, um, someone might be interested in this environmental cause because they took an action on a very different social justice issue. And these two things are more alike in that the values are more aligned for this individual than just sort of saying, this person likes trees, this person likes cats, this person likes elephants, let's put them all like in one area, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it, it depends very heavily on what they're taking action on. Yeah, and, and a lot um, of our organizations right now, especially in Canada, where I think there is a bit of a hesitancy to avoid, um, not necessarily avoid, but um, not always lean on advocacy. So a lot of our Canadian organizations are not, they're actually not running advocacy campaigns where they're not saying to the government or they're not saying to their community members, tell the government X, Y, and Z, right? Or they're not saying, um, protest this corporation, or they're not saying, uh, tell Doug Ford that you don't agree or that you agree with, you know, X, Y, and Z, right? So because of that, <laughs> um, what they'll often create are values-based campaigns, where rather than asking your community members to sign something because you want the government to take an action, you're asking your community members to sign something to pledge their values, to say, I'm the kind of person who agrees that um, that there should be consent-based curriculum in schools, or I'm the kind of person who agrees that uh, wildlife should be protected. And even if there is not a particular bill for the government in front of the, the government, or if there's not a particular outcome that you want the prime minister to take or something like that, you can still run these campaigns because you're allowing people to pledge the things that they care about and say that they're going to stand up for those things and that your organization is the one that's going to deliver them what they want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're pledging their values uh, by um, uh, putting their name on uh, one of the petitions on care two, uh, but also uh you know, as I was reading on the Care2 Services site, um, the nonprofit gets a chance to invite them onto their email list. And uh, then, you know, some percentage of petition signers uh, will indeed do that. And then they can solicit them for donations. Yeah. So it's really more about building relationships too, because um, you can, and, and it's not just being added to an email list. We also uh, will acquire phones and a lot of clients now are doing SMS. So peer to peer texting, not text to donate for anyone who's listening and is not sure the difference, but um, peer to peer texting where it's sort of like, hi, I'm Vanessa at charity name. Can we count on you to come out to our event like that kind of thing or can we um, we're going to give you a call about our upcoming appeal or we're going to ca uh, call and and tell you about um, this incentive item or this uh, holiday giving program that we have that sort of thing um, and it's back and forth conversations in text a lot of our organizations are doing that um, but it can also be email it can also be a direct mail or phone 
And what our organizations are doing is they're bringing new folks into their community on an issue or a topic that they care about, and then they follow up with them on that topic. So if you are signing um, an action that's about social justice, then you're gonna get information back about how you can help at home, how you can learn more through uh, an explainer video, or hey, like here's a podcast episode we want you to listen to so you can find out more about this issue that you care about. And that's where we put them into a supporter journey or a donor journey, just like you do on other channels. All the folks that you would acquire from Facebook or from Google, folks that sign up to your newsletter list, you're not just hitting them with uh, donation asks, right? Hopefully you're not doing that. I know the, the joke in the sector is that we, we should not be treating our donors like ATMs, right? So you're not only talking to them mm -hmm. when you want a gift, but you are talking to them to build that relationship. And we know that care two members make for uh, great supporters because they are highly engaged on the topics that uh, matter to your organization. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that, that's actually pretty fantastic, uh, because I just in, in my experience, um, people online, like when they're behind their computer screen or their phone screen or, or what have you, uh, they're very difficult to influence, um, and basically what's going on through the CARE2 ecosystem then um, is you're hooking them into the cause um, with reference or by leveraging their values and in so doing, um, and you can tell me to what extent CARE2 is effective, um, but it's probably it probably means the nonprofit is much more effective at influencing these people than they would be otherwise. Well, I guess you could describe it as um, just sort of like the new supporters that join your community are warmer. So in marketing term, warmer leads because they're not. Um, it's not a case where you've bought somebody else's list, you know, or you've swapped or something like that, <laughs> or where um, we, we yeah. all know how you acquire new supporters. Maybe you go to an event or a festival and people sign up on a, a clipboard or something like that, but they, and then they forget completely that they gave you their email address. Right. Um, and they, they don't remember that they had that interaction because they were at a music festival and they just remember something about you had a table there, you know, that kind of thing. So, and because it's, it's online, you're getting so much detail detailed information and you have multiple follow-up channels. So it's definitely beneficial for you to grow your community. Um, yes, yes. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know, uh, you know, from my history with uh, acquisition campaigns, uh, there, uh, it's, it's, it's basically a baked in assumption that you're running it at a loss. Uh, the acquisition rates are usually quite abysmal. Um, but you know, the typical wisdom is to look at it from a long-term perspective and yada, yada. Um, but, uh, the outlook from what I understand from what you're saying and from what I've read uh, from CARE2 um, is different 
than traditional, you know, direct mail <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, I, I think that Care2 is complementary with all these channels. Like most of the, the charities and nonprofits I work with uh, are acquiring on multiple channels, and that's fantastic. I mean, now with the global pandemic, we do have an issue where there's going to be less face-to-face, door-to-door. Um, I mean, I, I hope and I don't believe that direct mail will be that that affected. It really depends on whether things can be delivered in a you know timely fashion, that sort of way. But um, yeah. the, the prior to this, all of these things were working in concert. So we would, a lot of our clients, they're running campaigns on Facebook and often you can uh, use a custom audience and when you bring in your care to leads, you can retarget them on Facebook. That's great. Uh, you Folks use Google to acquire as well. Um, there's lots of different ways to, to reach out and bring in new supporters. And I think they're all really complimentary. It's not sort of just one thing, just like any kind of campaign yeah. you run is gonna be complimentary. So you might bring in leads through care Two, they might end up with um, a uh, SMS text message from your organization. Thank you so much for joining us. Here's where you can watch a cute video about you know who we are. They're going to be get put into a three email series. Then maybe they get a, a phone call. If they go into the donor stream and they make a one time gift, then maybe two months later you're going to upgrade them to monthly, right? So you kind of have that everything in concert happening. And then near the holidays, they're in their actual mailbox. They're going to get a, a holiday gift catalog or something like that. So we know that every campaign, every strategy is stronger if you're on multiple channels. So um, yeah, yeah, so that's definitely where you would see that. In, In terms of your forecasting on acquisition, with Care2, because the way we work, it's a cost per lead. So there's one fixed cost. So if you are going to be on Facebook where there are variable costs, yes, there is going to be a little bit more of a, a mystery. Like you can set an overall budget, but in terms of what your CPL would be or what, what you can completely expect, there's there's going to be some wiggle room there. With Care2, if you like to acquire 10,000 new supporters, that's what you're going to acquire. So your acquisition is 100%. Your conversion to your goals later on um, now that depends on what your goals are going to be. So for some organizations, they're only looking at something uh, in the quantifiable list that would be a conversion to donation. No problem, right? We know that our or our um, uh, our members perform above benchmarks. And if you're wondering about email fundraising or social fundraising, you can always check out the MNR benchmarks report. I think this week they have the latest numbers are coming out. So that's kind of exciting. Um, so you can see what the benchmarks there on are for performance when it comes to email fundraising, social fundraising, that sort of stuff. And But not every organization 100% has goals towards donation. So you might want people to be active on a particular topic or an issue. You, you might be um, looking to get them to do community fundraising events for you. You might actually have um, need of uh, advocates. So it might be an advocacy campaign and you really do need to create a uh, enough of awareness or, or noise about what you do so that um, you're, you're able to reach your mission goals. Um, and for a lot of organizations, especially the smaller ones, awareness, even though that's more and not necessarily quantifiable, and we always joke about the value of awareness. Well, there, if you're an organization where people aren't aware of what you do and what you bring to the table, that can definitely be an issue. Sometimes if you want to move out of your um, geographic location too. So say you are an organization and you want to be better known nationally, then a campaign with Care2 makes a lot of sense. Or if you're an organization that you're recently merging, 
so that there's now there you've got a brand new name <laughs> or if you're changing your name or you're or updating that or moving into a different market those are all reasons why you would want to grow your supporters because every organization has a natural attrition rate so your a certain percentage of your file is going to be gone every year no matter what no matter what you do no matter where you're acquiring folks or if you're not acquiring folks there's going to be people on your list that are going to drop off so attrition is natural how you address it is really up to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, really, um, Care2 is really upping the game of the nonprofits that are participating by encouraging um, integrated campaigns uh, by uh, giving over like a lot of uh, important information like how to contact them either SMS or direct mail or by phone um, uh, or or by email uh, <laughs> encouraging uh, engagement encouraging awareness uh, also <laughs> importantly encouraging donation um, so there's there's really like there's a lot of stuff going on. There, uh, I wouldn't but... say necessarily that, you know, we're upping the game. We are a tool. Charities have good game, right? So charities are the, the experts at talking to their donors and their supporters. So you already know if you're working in a charity or a nonprofit, you know who, what, what your community members respond to. You know, you know that the pieces, the articles that they care more about, the videos that they watch the most, the things that they tell you when, when they call up to make a donation and the stuff that you read that they'll put in the comment section on your social platforms or on your online donation forms you know so you really have a, a good vibe with your with your members in your community and what care 2 does is offer you the opportunity to meet like-minded people who would care about your cause and then that that's what we offer and it's charities and nonprofits that are really good at building that relationship so I have to give all the credit to them because it's about um, how they uh, have that opportunity to talk to an audience that is a receptive and then, you know, how they turn those folks into longtime friends. So that's why care two has been around for so long. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, so yeah, there, there's the provision of information uh, side of things uh, that, you know, the charity themselves can uh, decide whether or not to use any piece of information for any particular channel through which to contact their donors and their supporters. Uh, and then there's also obviously the values aspect of things. Um, and uh, it just to me, seems like the comparison between, um, you know, not being multi-channel and not, you know, targeting by values versus uh, the opportunity to, you know, work across multiple channels, you know, to have that integrated strategy, but also uh, targeting donors that are like-minded uh, is like night and day. 
Yeah, and I also think it's important to point out consent as well. So when you run a Care2 campaign, you are getting folks who are putting their hand up and saying, yes, I want to hear more from charity, from charity name, charity X, Y, or Z, or you can't see me doing like um, air quotes or whatever, but whatever the name of your organization is. So um, you are not, it's not like sort of um, just collecting email addresses or trying to, to talk to folks that aren't expecting to hear from you. So I think that that's a really important point. I know that we all worried about Castle a while back and charities are exempt in a lot of the ways that they communicate, but you're gonna be a more effective communicator if someone's expecting you to reach out to them and really wants to hear from you. So one of the things that we've mm. built into the system with Care2 is when somebody uh, is added, to, consents to be added to the list, yeah, I wanna hear more from, from this organization. We send the first email in the welcome series. Obviously the, the charity or nonprofit can control the email uh, content, um, but we send it out and it can say anything that the charity or nonprofit wants. It's usually a welcome email. So hi, welcome, you, you've, you've joined the list of charity name. Here's a cool explainer video, or here's a survey you can take, or you know you could make a donation, or any of any of those things. Welcome, welcome, and here's the expectations for our relationship. You know, kind of like you would with any welcome series. And anybody who unsubscribes from that email, we don't pass them on to you. So it's just that little extra layer there in case somebody does sign up for your list and maybe they're confused or maybe they didn't realize that they were going to get emails from your charity. Um, we make it easy for them. So if they unsubscribe from that, then no problem. Mm, I see. So consent uh, being the other sort of major factor in the quality of leads uh, that the charity gets for whatever campaign that it's running through whichever modality. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's something we're all thinking about a lot, no matter what channel you're on. So, I mean, it's not not just something that you would apply to care to. We, we do know you want people who've put their hands up. If, if you would like somebody to do, like a lot of peer-to-peer -peer events now are going virtual, right? So um, it, you're gonna have a greater success in convincing people to fundraise for you if they had already put their hand up to do whatever the event was when it was a run, walk, ride, or a, like a physical event, then you are um, asking folks who don't know your organization or haven't put their hand up to participate in the event if they would fundraise online for you, or they're not as warm an audience, right? So um, those guys that have already said, yeah, I, I was gonna do the tower climb or I was gonna do the walk, um, having that conversation with them to ask them to do something virtual, it's going to have a more natural fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I actually have one last question. Um, I'm not sure if I noticed on CARE2 uh, when you make a petition, um, is there the option to uh, render monetary support for that petition, whether it's you know from an individual making the petition or whether it's actually from a, a nonprofit making the petition. Uh, we're not an online donation platform, so we we wouldn't have that for our members. But uh, you you could always uh, indicate where, where the charity's donation uh, options are uh, on in in the content. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't, we wouldn't like have a, um, 
a donation button for the charity because member petitions are created on behalf of a cause. So it could be for any organization or any purpose. And some of them might be charity, some of them might not be, right? It could just be um, an initiative. So for instance, one of our member petitions that went viral was, uh, I don't know if you've seen, it's the queen's birthday today when we're recording this. <laughs> have you seen uh-huh. the queen on Netflix? I don't know, uh, have you seen the queen on Netflix, the television show about Queen Elizabeth? No, no. <laughs> well, you know, you know of it, right? Cause it's pretty popular. Um, the queen, uh, they were, the original one, the young one, I cannot remember the name of the actress, but um, the actress that played the queen was not being paid as much as the actor who played Prince Philip, even though he was not as important to character, but I guess the actor was better known. And uh, so when the pay disparity came out, a Care2 member started a campaign, a global campaign to have pay equity at Netflix for the Queen. And uh, they won. They announced that Netflix announced that they would pay the Queen more (laughs) is what she deserves. Right. Um, And so in that case, it wasn't really like a charity. Right. It was just a, a important online action. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, okay. Uh, so listen, I, I do have to get going, um, but this has actually been uh, a really fun conversation. Uh, very outside of the pale of um, <laughs> what I usually talk about. So, no problem. Uh, to talk I, about I, fundraising stuff but it was fun to talk about care too uh yeah no absolutely and, and yeah. like, i appreciate i appreciate you tolerating my ignorance of the whole care to ecosystem but oh uh, no it's, like- it's, so, it's i'm so pleased to, to chat about it these days because it's really quite simple and uh, again i have a back i have a background in online fundraising technology imagine having a really quick conversation about a crm you never have a really quick conversation about a crm so this is like fantastic to be able to have a back and forth that doesn't get um crazy complicated you know and this is this, this, exactly. not crazy complicated that's cool <laughs> okay so um i'm going to put a link to care to and care to services uh in the description of this episode uh and other than that uh claire i hope you have a great rest of your week oh thank you and, and anyone who wants to chat more about this hit me up on linkedin i post lots of stuff on linkedin matthew knows <laughs> lots of resources there for charities and any free things that I see, I always post on LinkedIn. So it's a great place to get uh, free and low cost resources for charities. Um, Okay. Uh, Well, uh, bye for now. Okay. Bye. That's it for today's episode. If you'd like to find out more about me and the services that I offer through my data science consulting company, feel free to visit www.donorscience.ca. I hope you've learned something interesting from this episode and that I haven't scared you with donor data.